You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. A massive shout out. You can grab your seats for a moment. I literally found out during the middle part where we end one service and start another service that it was someone's birthday today and they were keeping it an absolute surprise. He's standing over there in the second set of doors. David Watling's birthday today. Good for David, serving on team on his birthday. Hey, he could be out doing anything else today on his birthday, but he's in the house of God. And David, we love you, love your family, everything you bring to our lives into the house. He's getting embarrassed. I see his face red from here. I'm kidding, mate. Love you. And um, mate, we are believing. This is cliche. We say it all the time, but it doesn't mean that it's not true, but that the best in your life's ahead. It's been incredible what's been. Many stories, breakthrough, miracles, but we're believing that the next couple of years especially are going to be full of breakthrough, hope, rejuvenation, you sense and lease of life as you push forward into all that God has for you and for your family. So happy birthday, mate. And uh, make sure you give him the birthday bumps after for his birthday. And uh, yeah, I'm promised today I'm not wearing fake tan. I was in Portugal for a week. Kind of got this little bit of an orange glow. We seen the sun for six days straight. We came back to Manchester wearing shorts on the plane and it was freezing cold outside and there was water falling from the sky. I think that's called rain. We hadn't seen much of that in six days, how we love. But like Lysandre said earlier, brilliant to be back in the house and excited for what God has in store for us today. As church, why don't we put our hands here lastly for the band as they exit, give it up for them. So good guys, leading us so well. And I think Victor felt slightly robbed today because I think he's got the record for outside at the minute. Is that true? How many, 76? 67. We'll give it another go and get 76, right? That's your challenge, second service. He's standing over there. Esther's like, yeah, someone's in the lead with 53. And he's like, what was all my hard work for last service? Yeah, Victor's got the lead. You can go ahead and get involved. And Pastor Paul Reed from Manchester kicked off our brand new series called This Audacious Life last week. And the whole idea of This Audacious Life is us reminding ourselves who we are. What are the key components of who we are as Christians, but as audacious people in Audacious Church? And Pastor Paul preached an epic message last week on being fearlessly devoted. And I get the honor today to bring the second installment of our series, which is Fiercely Determined. Turn to your neighbor and say, Fiercely Determined. All right, let's do that again, but say it with a little bit of like, gusto, like Fiercely Determined. Fiercely Determined. When I think back over the last 14 years in the life of our church, many different locations, but one church in many different campuses, think back to some of the incredible things that through fierce determination that we've achieved together. Somebody put a Facebook post up just this week, and it was a photo of what our first service looked like in this building, which was four years ago during this week. We together raised a vision offering of £250,000 to take us from a hotel in the back street by the Crown Plaza into our home here on Sovereign Way. That is being fiercely determined. Fleur, who just a couple of weeks ago kicked off and completed her first ever half marathon. That is being fiercely 
determined. Kylie on the front row has just moved from America, from California to England. Many of us go from England to California and we're wondering why the heck did she move? She moved for uni. Fiercely determined. Abby and Dan who have given a year up for God for Audacious College, fiercely determined. And over the last 14 years, you've got your own story. Marriages, the breakthrough, the businesses that were pioneered, all of the incredible things that we together have achieved through being fiercely determined. And today, church, I want to remind you what it is for us as Audacious Church to be and to remain fiercely determined. The Bible says this in Luke 9, 51. Dr. Luke writes, as the time approached for him, this is Jesus, to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set his face and set out for Jerusalem. He goes on to say in verse 57, as we were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I want you to think back with me for a moment to a time in your life, a moment where you think you had given up too easily. You know that moment where there was more in the tank, you knew you could have give more, but for some reason you give up too easily. I remember back to when I first started swimming lessons and it was like the pinnacle in my childhood, right? It was a sweet gig on a Tuesday night. I'd get picked up by my best mate, Matthew, and his mom, who drive us to the swimming uh, center where we'd learn all of these different strokes to swim. We'd learn the Superman. We'd learn how to swim with floats. We'd learn the backstroke. All of this stuff was awesome. And then once we finished swimming, we'd get in the car, and his mom would take us to the shop where we'd get ourselves a packet of crisps, a bottle of fizzy pop, some chocolate, all the things you used to be able to get for a quid. You won't even get a chocolate bar for a quid now, right? We were having the time of our life, come home, great Tuesday nights. Another time, I'd also joined the Cub Scouts. Any Cub Scouts, anybody out there, Beavers? Well, you'd understand this, our little cute Cub sign. Join the Beavers, join the Cubs, and as part of Cubs, we were doing a night of swimming. Now, it was a night where we were going to if depending on how far we had swam, we would get a cool badge for our jumper, right? And let me tell you, as a Cub Scout, you were living for those badges, right? So we were eager, excited. And when we got to the swimming pool, I remember watching all the other lads jump in and start swimming and warm up for the challenge that was ahead, swimming to the top of the pool and back again. I started to get a little bit worried and started to lose my confidence. I'd watch them jump in, swim better than I thought I could swim. And the instructor before we started was asking people and he looked me in the eyes and said to me, Lee, can you swim? And I looked him in the eyes and said, no, I can't swim even though I had had swimming lessons for about two years. So I ended up being the kid who was wearing the armbands in the shallow end as I watched everybody else swimming lengths and getting their badges. 
And to make matters worse, the swimming instructor that taught me for the two years happened to be working that evening, and he walked down the side of the swimming pool, seen me in the shallow end with my armbands on, and was like, what is going on? I've taught you how to swim for two years, and here you are in the shallow end, a time in your life where you've given up too easily. That was mine. And I think all of us have had these moments, haven't we? None of us are exempt from these moments where we've given up too easily. In fact, Rory McIlroy in 2013 at the Honda Classic hit one of his shots into the water and he walked off sight in toothache as the reason that he was quitting the tournament. Sounds to me like he perhaps might have given up a little bit too easily. We've all watched I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out If You're Having We Celebrities that in the thick of the challenge and the drama shout, I'm a Celebrity, Get me out of here, right? You watched it, binged it, trust me, I know. You talk to me about it when it's on and how you're going to visit it in the castle in North Wales. You know that show. All of us have had these moments, haven't we? Times where perhaps it's been in work, where the job's gotten so stressful, felt like it's been out of control. You've practically written your resignation on Microsoft Word, ready to pack it in, ready to give up. All of us have had these moments when it's been easy to give up. But today, church, I want to say this. The danger is if we give up all too easily, we'll miss the accomplishment, the achievement, the breakthrough, and the victory that God will have for us on the other side of what we're facing. We're not called today to be among those who give up easily, but we are today, audacious church, called to be among those who are fiercely determined. It's our DNA. It's who we are. And the next 14 minutes, I want to suggest three things that we all need to think about and do in order to live fiercely determined. Does that sound good? All right, the first thing we have to do is start with why. Turn to your neighbor and say, start with why. Bible says in Luke 9, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. In other words, Jesus had vision. Jesus had a why. And vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. Vision articulates possibility. Vision isn't confined by the boundaries and parameters by what other people think, but vision sees what others cannot see and moves itself in that direction. Vision for us, audacious church, truly is everything. And the Bible goes on to say this in Proverbs, without vision, people perish. In other words, without vision for our lives, without a why, we die. The Israelites spent 40 years walking around the desert getting lost because they didn't have a sense of vision. The why in your life today, church, is powerful. The vision you have today is powerful. It was a why that caused Rebecca to walk up and down the well 50 times in order to water camels so that she would release her destiny. It was a why that caused the Apostle Paul to be so fixed on building the church that it didn't matter what persecution he faced. It didn't matter about the flogging, the shipwreck, the hunger, the nights without sleep because he was so focused on the task that was ahead. It was a why that brought a saviour from heaven to earth and where that baby became a baby in a manger but became a savior on a cross and it was a why that took that savior from the tomb and resurrected him again on the third day church there is power in your why today 
But let's face it, all of us need reminded of our why. All of us have times when we forget what we're all about, when we forget the why. See, Jesus has this moment as well. The Bible goes on to say this in Luke 22. It says, He, Jesus, withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them and knelt down and prayed. Listen to his words. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. In other words, that's what Jesus was about to go through on the cross. Because on to say this, yet not my will be done, but yours. His why. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Now, right now where Jesus is speaking these words, he's in the Mount of Olives. And it's really last chance to learn. If he's going to get out of going to the cross, it's this moment right here. Because in an hour's time, Judas would come with a band of people that would arrest Jesus and later bring him before Pilate and he'd later be put on the cross, right? This is the moment where for Jesus, if there was any way out, it's this moment right here. But listen to his words, church. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will be done, but yours. See, Jesus himself had to remind himself of his why. What you're going through today, you might not want to be there, but let me remind you, there's a why that's going on. Your work environment right now, it might be taxing and troublesome and hard work, but remember the why God put you there in the first place. Life right now might be full of stress and challenge, and it might be easier to go a different direction. Remember today, the why God put you there in the first place. Let your why be following the will of the Father for your life. Church, you'll never go wrong today if you're found following the will of God for your life and the purposes that he has for you. Today, in order to live fiercely determined, remind yourself of the why. Remind yourself of the why you started in the first place. Remind yourself of that time God spoke so clearly to you. Remind yourself of what the why is accomplishing in your life and through your life. The second thing in order to live fiercely determined today is don't get distracted. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Now, my little brother, who's not so much littler than me now, although when I was four years older than him, I still am, and I was 15, he was 11. Yeah, right, comic, right? I was like, oh, quick maths. Yeah, it works out. I was 15, he was 11. It used to be that older brother thing where I was, you know, bigger than him, stronger, I was older, had all that, you know, over my little brother. And as time has gone on, my little brother is probably about three times as strong as me in stature and in size. So now I can't really, you know, push my little brother around when we're play fighting anymore. He totally has the upper hand on me. But I remember back in sports day for my little brother, this uh, incredible moment where he's doing his first ever sports day. And being the older brother, being in school with him as well, I was sitting on the sideline watching. And you know at sports day, we're all the family, the parents, the grandparents, the aunties, uncles, the neighbor, the cats next door. It feels like everybody comes out, right, to watch sports day. And our whole family was there ready to cheer Tyler on. 
And he had been so eager, so keen, so ready to go on sports day. He had trained for it. He was ready to rock and roll and get the gold medal. And Tyler on the start line, he's standing there ready to go. And then he looks over to the side where we're all sitting. And Tyler realizes we're there and starts to wave at us from the start line. And obviously, we're waving back. We're like, hi, you know, we see you. You're going to do great. And he's totally lapping this moment up. I mean, he is totally in the moment, loving the attention from all the family in the sidelines. As he's just standing there waving at us on the start line. And church, not kidding, as he's standing there waving at us, the whistle blows. Everybody rushes forward to the finish line. And my brother Tyler is sat standing there waving, trying to catch up. It was comical. He was gutted, but more than made up for it in the sweets and chocolate he got afterwards to help him. Let me tell you really quick of a moment in the Bible where the disciples are completely distracted. It's in Luke 9, 47. It says, Jesus says, knowing their thoughts, he took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. Catch this. Master says, John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. We tried to stop him because he is not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus replied. For whoever is not against you is for you. Now, is anybody as confused at this conversation as I am right now? We have literally gone from talking about welcoming a little child into the kingdom of God in one sentence, and the disciples are now talking about somebody they've seen casting demons out in the other. It is literally the definition of not to 100. And here Jesus rebukes the disciples because they're so focused on what is going on over there with somebody else. They are totally out of the conversation in what Jesus is speaking to them. They're so distracted by what is going on over the fence. They're missing what God is doing in their lane. And today, church, I want to know, have we become so distracted by what is going on over there in somebody else's life? We're missing what God is trying to do in our lives. Today, church, I want to encourage you, Stay in your lane. Run your race. Focus on what is in front of you and the why that God put inside of you. And don't get distracted by the Facebook timeline of what is going on in their life. Don't get distracted by the fantasies of what life might have looked like if there was no challenge. Don't get distracted by tales of what yesterday was like. Focus on what God is doing today and in your life and don't get distracted. In order to live fiercely determined, we have to start with why, don't get distracted, and the third thing is no turning back. Turn to your neighbor and say, no turning back. No turning back. Some of you will know the story a little bit. When I first moved over here, I packed everything that I owned in a tiny little Fiat Punto car. And I drove from Northern Ireland to Chester on nothing but a word from God to come and relocate my life here in Chester. And I remember it was about six to 12 months in, something like that. I remember my Fiat Punto, my trusted little Fiat Punto, had broken down, right? That's a bad day in the office, isn't it? My only way of transport was my Fiat Punto, and now it's died a death, right? And it wasn't just broken down where, you know, you pay a couple of hundred quid and you get it fixed. It was, it was ruined. It was broken down, broken down. It's at that point 
where the mechanic says to you, it would be cheaper for you to buy a new car than it would be to fix this banger. Bad day in the office, right? Not good. And I remember getting the, these, uh, this news on the phone when I was living in Saugal to come walk down from Saugal to pick up my car, take it home, and essentially scrap my car. That was the only place for it. And I remember walking down from Saugal to Chester, and I remember having this raw conversation with God. Kind of went a little bit like this. Like, God, you've called me to Chester. You've told me to come and move my life. And now my car's broken. And I have no way of getting around, doing what you've called me to do, getting to work. I was a volunteer youth leader at the time. I'm like, how am I going to reach these kids with no car? Kids do not drive cars, right? And if they do, then you should have a word with them because they shouldn't, right? I have no way of being a youth, youth leader. How am I going to do it, God? Spilling out my, my heart to God. And this thought process came in my mind for a moment. And it was, what if I just went back? What if I just went back to Northern Ireland? I'd spoken to my family, told them the situation. Like, why don't you just come back? Why don't you just move back? Spoke to some friends who happened to live in Northern Ireland as well at the time. It's like, what should I do, lads? Like, why don't you just come back? Bees, just come back. Just come back. And I had this moment where I was talking to God, spilling out my raw emotions to God, saying, God, but you've brought me here. You've called me to this. How am I going to do this? It's in that moment where I just got a sense in my spirit where God said, don't turn back. I had no idea what it would look like, but as I went to get my car, I brought it back. just felt God say, don't turn back. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. And two weeks later, someone comes up to visit me. Uh, someone that I know really well came up to visit and we had a great time together and at the end of them hanging out they sent me an incredible amount of money more than I'd ever seen in my bank account at that time and they said this is for you to get a new car that was the miracle church and I wonder what would have happened if I had instead chose to turn back and not wait out for the miracle of God be so easy, wouldn't it, to turn back? To turn back to what's comfortable, what's easy, what makes sense, where everybody's saying to go, where I can see the way, I can see the path, I can see the direction. But where God was asking me to go was to move forward, to move on, to not turn back. And today, church, God's speaking to some of you already. Don't turn back. Hey, there might be challenges in your world right now that are taxing, costing you, might feel painful. Don't turn back. God might have spoken to you to launch a business, keep your business. Don't turn back. God might have spoken to you about moving forward in your life, in your family, but it's easier to look backwards and head back the other way. Today, don't turn back. No turning back. The Bible says this, an incredible story in Exodus. Didn't we say to you in Egypt... This is the Israelites speaking to Moses. Leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Now, the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians. It's a big statement they're making. Moses answers the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord is fighting for you. You need only be still. Right now, the Israelites in this moment can see the Egyptians in the distance, the way they've came, coming after them in chariots, coming to take them back to slavery. 
And all that's in front of them is the sea. And the Israelites, they can only see a way behind them. So they're complaining to Moses saying, why don't we just go back and live how we used to live? But I'm glad that by faith, they found their freedom. Listen to what happens. The Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Today, church, move on. Whatever you're facing, move on. Whatever is coming up against you, move on. Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through on dry ground. It's because they stood up, faced their situation, faced their challenge, faced the mountain that was in front of them, that God then parted the sea and they walked through it as if on dry land. They could have turned back to what they knew, to what was familiar, but in reality was bondage, was slavery, was not the amazing life that God had promised for them. And today, church, don't turn back. God has a life of adventure, risk-taking, freedom, joy, purpose, forgiveness, hope, love, transformation in front of you if only you'll make the decision to not turn back and to live fiercely determined for all that God has ahead and in store for you. In Jesus' name. Well, right across this place, why don't you jump to your feet as we respond together. Some of you have come here already and today you've You've already convinced yourself that it's better to turn back. You've already spoken to yourself that it's better to turn back and go the way that you came. But today, church, I want to remind you that what God is speaking over us today as a church and as individuals and as people is do not turn back. No turning back. In order to live fiercely determined, Start with why. Right now in this moment, remind yourself of the why you started in the first place. Remind yourself of that God word. Remind yourself of that thing you're believing for. Remind yourself of the why and bring your vision and your alignment in line with the why. The second thing is don't get distracted. Hey, this is about you today, not your neighbor. Don't get distracted on what's happening over the fence and how good life might seem for them and how you might feel like you're missing out. Don't get distracted. God has called you to run your lane and run your race. And lastly, church, no turning back. You might be on the edge of the sea. You might be on the edge of wanting to go back to the way things were. Watch the miracle of what God will do if you can decide today not to turn back to the way that you've come, but to follow God in all that He has for you ahead in Jesus' name. Come on, with every hand lifted, let's press in right now. Let's respond and let's sing. Come on, let's choose right now, church. No turning back. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.